5: Good evening, folks, and thank you for joining me again this week on Next on the T. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro. This week, I have a really big show in store for you. Typically, I open up with telling you about four great guests. that are going to join me tonight. Well, this week, that number is five. Five fantastic people with great stories that I'm looking forward to having as part of the show this week. We'll start things off with a return visit from our good friend, Debbie O'Connell. She's got a great new program that she is going to tell us about. Plus, she puts together a fantastic trip every year for the Solheim Cup. Did so this year. Well, the Solheim Cup is back again next year because they want to get it back on even number years. Kind of got off kilter with COVID, so she'll tell us about that, plus a whole lot more when she joins me just a few minutes from now. Following Debbie, I'll get a visit from a guy who has resurrected some of the iconic brands in our game, like McGregor Golf, Ram Golf. Ben Hogan, Zebra, and Teardrop Putters, and that's the CEO for all of them now, Simon Millington. I can't wait to hear how he's brought these brands back to life. The new McGregor and Ram Clubs look fantastic. Zebra Putters, remember, they were made famous years ago by Raymond Floyd. You remember the great mallet putter he used to use? Raymond used to put the eyes out of the ball using that mallet putter. So Simon's got a lot of great stories to share with us and great news about these brands. Can't wait to hear him. He'll join me about 25 minutes from now. Following Simon, we'll get a visit from European senior tour pro Clark Dennis. Clark started out playing on what was then the Nike tour and then a bit on the PGA tour. Actually finished tied for sixth in the 1994 U.S. Open at Oakmont. We'll hear about that experience, plus his back-to-back victories at the Senior Italian Open in 2017 and 18. He's looking to make it three wins there a couple of weeks from now. Looking forward to having Clark as part of the show. He'll join me a little bit later on in the hour. We'll kick off hour number two of the show with a visit from Steve Fluke. Steve is a co-founder and chief marketing officer for Power 2 Golf. Wait till you hear this story. I encourage you to go out to powerthenumber2golf.com and check out this amazing club. If you're an adaptive golfer or someone who can no longer swing the golf club, for whatever reason, this club is the answer to all of your prayers. We'll hear all about it when Steve joins me, like I say, about an hour from now. And then we're going to round out this week's show with a late night visit from our resident director of instruction, Tom Patrick. I'm going to talk to Tom this week about some of the rules in golf that drive us nuts. You know what a stickler TP is. I'm sure he's going to hate the things we talk about. The two off the first T rule that many of us employ or the leaf rule from this time of year. We'll talk about the mulligan, which actually started at Wingfoot back in the day. Can't wait to drive TP nuts. Like I say, he'll join me a little over an hour from now. So as always, we're going to have a really fun show tonight. And I can't thank you all enough for tuning in and taking the journey with me again this week. You know, folks, with the show now being available on TribLive.com, and with all my yinzer friends up there in the Pittsburgh area, you get to start to meet some wonderful individuals in and around the city. And I did just that with Caroline Cease, and the folks at Enchanted Destinations. If you're ready to start planning your dream vacation, be sure to check out Carolyn and the folks there at Enchanted Destinations. If you're planning to go to Disney World or Universal Studios, take a cruise or vacation at an all-inclusive resort, go to EnchantedDestinations.net, and Carolyn and her folks are going to help you out and plan the perfect getaway. They're great people doing great things, and they are a wonderful help for anybody that's looking to book the perfect vacation. And thinking of the perfect golf getaway and Buddy's Trip location, remember our folks over at the McLemore, which is a wonderful resort located just south of Chattanooga, Tennessee, high atop Lookout Mountain. It is a casual two-hour drive from Atlanta, Nashville, and Birmingham. The existing Highlands course is now ranked in the top 100 courses you can play in the U.S. by Golf Digest. The 18th hole is ranked in the top 10 finishing holes in the world. A second course, The Keep, is under construction and will open summer of 2024. The Keep is a Bill Bergen-Reese Jones design and features a mile and a half of dramatic cliff edge, with every inch of that edge filled up with a golf hole. A world-class hotel, Cloudland Lookout Mountain Curio Collection by Hilton will open spring of 2024. Both have incredible views into historic McLemore Cove, 1,200 feet below. You got to see it to believe it, folks. Stay, dine, and play golf above the clouds at McLemore. Go online to MacLamore.com to book your stay and play package. Now let's talk grips. I want to tell you about Lampkin grips. Every shot, as you know, has its own unique feel. The trick? Feel comfortable with each one. And comfort is built into the very DNA of Sonar Plus Black Grips. Composed of their Genesis material that provides supreme comfort and durability with their fingerprint technology creates a strong connection and unforgettable touch. The game changes from shot to shot. The feel on your hand shouldn't. Lampkin. Feel is everything. I also want to remind you about the all-new Stealth 2 driver from TaylorMade. If there's one thing we know golfers want from a driver, it's distance. But there's actually two things we all want. Distance, and let's not forget, forgiveness. That's why TaylorMade designed the Stealth 2 driver with even more carbon for even more forgiveness. To learn more about the new Stealth 2 driver from TaylorMade, visit them online at TaylorMadeGolf.com. Okay, now back in making it a baker's dozen times is LPGA Top 50 instructor and one of my favorite people on the planet, as you guys know, Debbie O'Connell. Debbie is an LPGA Class A teaching professional. She has been named the LPGA National Professional of the Year and the LPGA Southeast Section Professional of the Year. She's an inductee in her high school's Athletics Hall of Fame. She won the inaugural Nancy Lopez Golf Achievement Award in 2007. In 2016, she was named the Northeast Section Teacher of the Year. She's hosted her own radio show, the Debbie O'Connell Radio Show, for a decade and par for the course TV show. She's the founder of Golf Positive, which I love. She's written a wonderful book called Golf Positive, Live Positive, Lessons in Golf and Life. You can get that out on Amazon or listen to it on Audible. And I'm very excited. I get to have her for a 13th time with me tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Debbie, how are you, my friend?
3: I am fantastic and over over the moon excited to be with you again, Chris. Uh, You're such an amazing host, what you do for the whole entire golf industry and sharing the Incredible knowledge from all of your guests. It's just fantastic, and congrats on all of your success. And thank you for having me back.
5: Oh, it's an honor for me. So, Debbie, let's get right into it because I know you've got a free webinar, a masterclass, if you will, coming up. Talk about that.
3: Oh yeah, I am uh, ecstatic to share this with everybody. Has anyone ever been in what's called flow state, being in the zone, and it's something that you can actually get even more. You you can create it. You You can do the triggers to get it. And I am doing a webinar, the five keys to unlocking flow state. And it's basically being in the zone. So I'm going to share five of the key triggers. There's way more, but five of them to get you started. And the five key ones that will start to get you in that flow state. And Chris, flow state is that, total immersion in the present moment when you're, you're not concerned about where the ball is going. You're not thinking about a shot or a hole that was a, a bad experience before. You're in the present moment with the utmost focus and you feel confident and things feel effortless. You have clarity and, and there's rhythm and tempo in your swing. And I, I'm so excited to share how to help people get into the state more and just enjoy the game even better.
5: So I'm assuming by flow state and being in the zone, it, it's that time when we've made five, six, seven, eight pars in a row. We're not thinking about the, you know, the, the lake on the left, the out of bounds on the right. We are just so into it. Everything just the, the whole seems like it's a basketball.
3: That is it. That's it. As a matter of fact, Sir Nick Faldo describes it as this. I feel confident, relaxed, and patient. I'm aware of my surroundings, but acutely focused on each shot. My rhythm and tempo are in harmony with my mindset and mechanics. Wouldn't we all love that? (laughs) Oh, my God. He says, in addition to being completely engrossed in the process of playing, my thinking is crisp, and I get so tuned in with my target that there's none of this, Here, listen to this, none of the mental interference that often accompanies competitive golf. There you go. Now, how, how good would everyone play if they could just get themselves in that mental state, in that flow? You know, Tiger Woods describes that he would oftentimes not consciously remember some of the greatest shots he ever hit. He said, I would remember pulling the club out of my bag. And the next thing I actually remember was watching it fly towards the hole because he was in such a mental state and his father was so smart. He helped him train that through hypnosis. He had a friend who was a Navy SEAL who taught Tiger how to to kind of do this self-hypnosis while he played, which is basically triggering flow state uh which which I'm excited to teach, but Tiger was able to do that. You know, this gentleman, they would meet at the golf course, he'd he'd hypnotize Tiger and have him go play golf. So he literally practiced being in this state. And it's basically what, you know, hip being hypnotized would do quiet the prefrontal cortex, the conscious mind thoughts, and have your unconscious mind where, you know, your skills are and we know how to swing the club. And you know, it doesn't matter if you're as good as Tiger or just to play your best golf wherever, wherever your skill level at its peak, that's where we can get to when we quiet your conscious thoughts and you're not worried about what people are thinking or watching or feeling embarrassed or getting frustrated or the distractions and not and having a lack of focus. So we can have that clarity and play our best.
5: How long is the course? If I if I was someone that was gonna be going to the golf course and I've got Thirty minutes or an hour. I'm traveling to or from the office during the week, and I want to really kind of get myself in the right frame of mind heading into my round of golf this week. How long is the course to listen to?
3: the The master class is going to be one hour to listen to the whole thing. But in there, I'm going to give actual techniques. To that, that would be a lot shorter. And hmm. what I've done for my clients is I've recorded a pre golf meditation. Because mm. you think of this, Chris, right? We warm up our bodies, right? We have, we got to get loose and warm up, do whatever stretches or warming up we do. And that's gotten better and better to do it specifically for golf. And then we, we go hit some shots or we, we make some putts. You know, we get warmed up with our performance skills. And most of the time we don't prepare mentally. Yeah. And with, you know, just even taking 10 minutes before you get to the golf course, five minutes even, I used to arrive at the golf course uh, for a tournament and you know, I don't play in many tournaments anymore. I'm going to play in a couple this year, but I will absolutely meditate beforehand and leading up to it. I will visualize me playing golf. I'll visualize me hitting myself, hitting great shots. And here's the key, just to, to give a hint to everybody and a really solid tip. Is to visualize looking through your own eyes. There was a, uh, a, a gentleman who was a prisoner of war in Vietnam, and he, in order to conquer his mind <laughs> to survive, he literally played golf every day in his mind. And he would he would get dressed like he looking through his own eyes. He'd feel what he feel. He would see what he would see. He would hear what he would hear, you know, maybe get the smell of the golf course and all that. But he would literally, you know, physically get dressed in his mind and then imagine going to the golf course and he would get those first tee jitters and imagine playing and hitting the fairway, hitting the next shot and just enjoying golf and going around. And he played 18 holes every day. And six weeks after he got out of the prison, after six and a half years, he was invited to a pro-am. And he went out and shot 76. Oh, my. Yeah, he was a single digit golfer. but Can you imagine not playing golf for that long? And he weighed 100 pounds when he did it. Gee! When we know how to conquer our golf mind, we can play better than what we think right now. Or, you know, that one or two great shots or great holes or that great round played that way more consistently.
5: So let's take that a step further. Speaking of conquer your golf mind, you've got a new program with that as the title kicking off later this month. It sounds like something we all need to sign up for. Talk about the new course.
3: Oh, this course, it's, it's epic. It's, it's the best I have put together. And in five days, we're going to help you, you know, get a lot of it's about flow and, and just conquering your whole mind. So we're going to use, you know, some of the techniques that you know about already, you know, visualizing, using breath, having a clear target, the things that, in general, we talk about mental game, those are you know, the hot topics. And I'm going to explain them at a deeper level and take you even deeper and help everyone get out of their own way. You know? And we're using neuro-based science to help create this program and really understanding the brain. I've, just, I've gotten to be kind of geeking out on our brains and how they work and how we can create new neural connections. Because our brains are what we call have neuroplasticity, which means we can mold them and shape them and create different pathways and neurons in our brain. So the heck with the, you can't teach old dogs new trick, Chris, because you can, <laughs> you can. We're going to, we're going to help stop the self sabotaging that happens, the negative self talk. We're going to, we're going to shift from self doubt and frustration and fear of missing a shot and maybe worrying about being embarrassed too really controlling those emotions, feeling confident, believing in yourself and having resilience on the course and and not falling into, you know, self-sabotaging. And, you know, you're about to shoot your best score ever. You're about to win the club championship, wherever it is that would create those nerves at the end of a round because you're playing so well and you have a chance to do great. We're going to eliminate the old self sabotaging that happens when I hear the stories all the time, and I'm sure you do. And I've done it in the past where I'm coming down the stretch of a great round, and all of a sudden I know my score, or someone mentions, wow, you're playing great today. And all of a sudden it's double, double.
5: Yeah, I, don't you hate that?
3: Oh, so we're going we're gonna to tackle that as well. And then if anyone out there happens to have that, you know, those yip things about putting. I've coached a few people who came to me with uh, chipping yips saying, I know this is mental because I'm practicing and I'm hitting these amazing chip shots. And then I get on the course and uh, I I just, I I feel this jittery. I have doubt and I don't feel confident anymore. And then I just can't do a smooth swing. So we're going to tackle that. We're going to help everyone get laser focused you know, like Sir Nick Baldo described, be in that total immersion of in the present moment, release the outcome of the shot. So, you know, don't be so results oriented because if we're trying to force an outcome and create an outcome, we're not going to, we're not in the present moment when we're actually swinging. So, you, so interesting.
4: Yes,
5: it is. and And I, I want to take that a step further because a buddy of mine, who has always been a a pretty good player on par. He and I are are on par. We're somewhere around a a 12 handicap. We we are in a low 80s. Every once in a while, we we might uh, sneak a 78 or 79 in there. But all of a sudden, he can't putt. I mean, not just he can't putt from 10 feet or 15 feet. He can't putt from two feet. Suddenly, it's in his head somewhere along the way, to your point a moment ago, that you know he expects a bad outcome. He's like, I don't know, I can't putt anymore, and the next thing you know, he four put. How does that happen?
3: Well, one, tell him about my course. Of course, <laughs> you know, for sure. But uh, yeah, it's an unfortunate thing. You have I hear a lot of that story, so it could be a number of different things. It could be uh, the me- well, it's definitely the meaning that he's putting to the results that are putting so much pressure on him. So, what's the meaning of missing that? two-foot putt or the five foot putt or the you know the meaning of a high score in a round that he's putting so much pressure on himself unconsciously. That's what's crazy. It's unconscious. It's not he doesn't know consciously, you know, that that he's putting this pressure on. It's unconscious. So that's why it's harder to get out of it. You know, there's there's drills we can do and stuff, but it's really in the unconscious mind. So it's it's about the meaning that goes to that. The other thing that could have happened is When we have a negative reaction, I mean an emotional negative reaction to a shot, and he may have done it with a putt and then done it a few times, your brain remembers negative emotions plus the situation that just happened together. Like, just imagine some of the traumatic events in our lifetime. I bet if people think about it, they know exactly where they were, you know, 9-11, say you know, I know exactly where I was. I know exactly what I was doing on that. So it was at this emotional, negative, traumatic day in our history. And I remember hearing about it and seeing it. I can go back to that so easily because the neural connection with that negative emotion is stronger than negative. I mean, than the positive ones. So what happens is If he did that a few times and he got so frustrated, now he's creating these neural connections and memories of missing putts. And all of a sudden he steps over a putt and his brain says, Wait, what does this mean? What do I remember? And it's so quick, it goes back and he goes, Oh, this isn't good. And your brain's trying to, you know, your your brain's job is trying to protect you. So now it's trying everything it can to help you make the putt so you don't have that negative feeling. But that's what the yips are. You know, we're not smooth. And we're not really in the present moment. So we need to help him get into the present moment. I mean, total immersion, because here, and it's about fear, right? You either have have flow mindset and present mindset and positive mindset, or you have a fear mindset. So there's a fear in there that's causing this hesitation and, and lack of flow, basically, is what we have.
5: So how do we get him and everybody else listening right now that says, yes, I need that? How do we get him signed up for both of these programs?
3: Uh, well, I I, I have uh, a, you. You're going to do a link for yep. the upcoming free masterclass. And that's uh, that's going to be that's going to help set the stage. And if you can't make that, I mean, and everyone can go into then the five day challenge. The five day, the, the masterclass is Wednesday, the 18th. And then the five-day challenge that's coming up, Conquer Your Golf Mind, uh, is October 29th. So it's five days, and it's just 90 minutes a day. And we're going to help shift so much in your mindset. It's going to help you play your best golf. It's, it's amazing. I've had people day three go out and play better than they've played in 20 years. They come back, they're like, I can't believe this. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> um, so that one, the, the website is debbie-o'Connell.com forward slash conquer. So that's for the five day challenge. Uh, and it's, I, I have it on such a great deal. It's over a thousand dollar value, Chris, and it's $97. Wow. So This is the price of one lesson and we'll improve your entire game. That's and awesome.
5: Debbie, let's switch gears a little bit and we'll touch on it again uh, before you go, but let's, let's switch gears. And I know you were over in Spain for the Solheim Cup. I know the U.S. team didn't bring home the cup this time, but what was the experience like there?
3: The experience was absolutely amazing. Again, I love being part of the Solheim Cup. The uh our hosts there were amazing. I mean, Europe did a great job in putting on the event. The the people in the stands were just so excited and passionate, especially about uh carlotta siganda who's from spain and when she came out obviously the crowd just went absolutely crazy they had a song they'd play for everybody was singing the song and what a storybook ending for her to to make the to hit an incredible shot on the par three and make the putt to clinch it for europe i mean it couldn't have been any better for her not so great for us Americans who <laughs> were for Team USA to get that cup back. It's been three Solheim Cups now. And uh, we did manage to tie, which was really cool, uh, except that we don't get the cup.
4: Yeah,
5: and it's interesting. I had Susie Whaley on the show last week, and we were talking about the matches ending in a 14-14 tie. And I asked her if she thought there was a need for a tiebreaker in the Solheim Cup. And she said no. Because the U.S. team knew they needed 14 and a half points to win. They only got 14, so they lost. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Do we need a tie-breaking system or is Susie right?
3: I, my opinion is no tie-breaking system. Because what are you going to do? Put everyone out there again? It's a team event where you pick one player and you've you've played five matches. And now one player is going to decide it? Possibly? I don't know how you do it. And, And and I, I like the tradition of it. I really like the, you, you've got to earn that cup back. You've got to do a little bit extra to get the cup. So for me, I'm, I'm on the same page as Susie. You know, go get that 14 and a half and uh, earn, earn that cup back.
5: So we're going to get the Solheim Cup again next year because they want to get it back on even numbered years. We kind of got off kilter due to COVID a few years ago. Next year, it's going to be here in the U.S. just outside of D.C. in Gainesville, Virginia at the Robert Trent Jones course there. Are you already getting ready for it?
3: Oh, yes. I have a package put together. So, Chris, I had 117 people sign up for me for Spain. Wow. And it we had a phenomenal week because we do a golf positive cup. So we come in, we have a welcome dinner and everybody gets to meet each other. Then I announce the teams. So I have Team America and Team USA. We play a match play format. It's a really fun match play format that we do. It's just, you know, better ball. So it's four ball. And then uh, the last, we do all nine hole matches. The last nine hole is singles. So we do this for two days. Uh, And then we have DJ with dancing. So we have a blast to kick it off. And And then we play our golf for two days. And then we go cheer on Team USA at the opening ceremony. And then for the entire Solheim Cup. Uh, we have our closing reception as well for Golf Positive, but it is—it's really a fun time. And what's nice for the traveler is it's worry-free. You know, they don't have to worry about the transportation to get to the Solheim Cup each day. Where am I? I have to go park, and then I get to get on a shuttle, and then I have to get to the to the Solheim Cup. I'm worried about buying tickets. I get the tickets for everyone. You know, it's just kind of that. You know what? Let me sign up. I'm just gonna. I'm just going to go and enjoy just an amazing week. You just have to get there. Um, and our opening dinner this year, Chris, it's, it's, oh my God, it's at a place where it's overlooking the Potomac river. And then we're seeing the monuments in Washington, D.C. Wow. D. C. Beautiful location. I'm really excited about that. So our opening dinner is going to be so special. So yeah, I have a package that's uh, ready to go and people have been signing up already and I'll sell out. I've been selling out the last two years with travelers and I know I'll sell out again. So I've been encouraging people to get their deposit in and it's refundable except for just a $25 administration fee just until uh, the end of this year. So I wanna make sure people know that, you know, you can secure your spot and still feel comfortable that if something comes up and you, and you need to get that deposit back, you get uh, just about all of it. So I, I like to do that. Cause I always feel badly if someone's like, oh my gosh, I just found out my niece is having a wedding and they gave me $500 and I, I don't want to keep that. <laughs> so anyway, so that's what, I've. you know, I have a text number that I could uh, give to people. Please. So yeah. It, if you just text, text the word Solheim to 727-339-0106. So that's 727-339-0106 text the word Solheim and you will get the link to put your deposit in and save your spot and get your friends. And I, I guarantee it's a, it's a fabulous time. And then I, I lead the cheers on the first tee. And that's been a blast We're we're singing songs for each of the players like, uh, uh, Oh, uh, night! Uh, she's from Texas, right? Shine and night is shining bright deep in the heart of Texas. Wow! We like, we do things nice. like that. it makes it extra fun. Uh, and then, of course, we do all the the typical cheers. Uh, a big one that we came up with uh, for for the Solheim Cup uh, is oh wait, you know, besides that, you know, besides the USA and then red, white, blue. I mean, there's a whole. There's a whole list of
5: them. Debbie, one, one more before I let you go. I want you to remind our listeners about your book, Golf Positive, Live Positive, Lessons in Golf and Life. They can go out and get it on Amazon. You can listen to it on Audible. Talk about what we're going to learn when we order your book.
3: Oh, it's, it's golf lessons and life lessons. So it, it's the fundamentals of golf. But what I do with each of those through every part of the game, from from putting, all the way through to playing on the course to what I call opportunity shots, you know, the, in the rough uphill, downhill lies and things like that. And with each one, I then do a life lesson. For instance, you know, the pitch shot. And then I I talk about getting over obstacles. How well do you get over obstacles in life? And, and, and I love the lessons we can take from golf and bring them to life because, you know, we spend more time in life than we do in golf. <laughs> As a matter of fact, they overlap a little bit. So I, I, I just think that with a positive attitude and positive mindset, I don't think I know Chris. You'll live an even happier life, and then you'll accomplish more. You'll see the positives in life, the positives in other people. But I also wrote uh, another book, so so you can get that one on Amazon. The other, I wrote an ebook, uh, which which is really it's in line with where my interests are lying and where i'm impacting golfers to get the fastest and easiest results is flow state so i wrote an ebook called the seven principles of lowering your handicap with flow state golf and with that same text number if you if you text the word flow you can get that book for free i'd love to share it with your listeners you have such great golf enthusiasts listening and uh, so I said, Chris, I'm coming bearing gifts. I, I've got a free ebook for them. I've got a free uh, masterclass that they can attend. And I just love to pour pour into people and help them, you know, be better, be better in golf, be more focused, play their best golf, have more fun with it. It's such a great game. Let's enjoy it and not have that little inner critic beating ourselves up the whole time we're out there. You know, it's it's a game to to enjoy for sure.
4: Yes, it is.
5: All right, Debbie. So one more time before I let you go, remind our listeners, you have given us a lot of free gifts tonight. Remind everyone how they can get them.
3: All right. So for the ebook, you can just text flow to 727-339-0106. Text that you'll get the download right away. And then for the upcoming free masterclass, Chris is going to put the link because it's a little bit long for me to, to say. So he'll put a link in there for you. Just go to that link and click on that. It's, it's this Wednesday evening, 8 PM Eastern time. And we're going to give you the five keys to unlocking flow state for your, for your game. It, it's going it to be incredibly powerful. And then coming up from there is my uh, five day challenge, which is conquer your golf mind. Then we can really dig deep and shift that mindset and have you playing your best golf like in in five days. It's it's phenomenal and very powerful. Oh and lastly that same text number, Text Solheim to check out my Solheim Cup information. We'd we'd love to have you join us. Only if you're fun and you're ready to have a good time. (laughs) Like like positive fun people. You know, if you're not then then don't look at that one. You know (laughs) beyond the fun people. So just text Solheim to that number and you can look at the information and put a deposit in to save your save your spot because we will sell out.
5: Debbie, you're fantastic, my friend. I can't thank you enough for coming again. A baker's dozen times tonight uh, as part of the show. Uh, the show is what it is because of great guests like you that continue to come back and share your positivity and share your your tips and all the wonderful things, all the free things that you're uh, giving to our listeners. tonight. I can't thank you enough for doing it. You're fantastic.
3: Well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate you and appreciate be, being here on the show. And everybody, just believe in yourself and stay positive and have there fun you golf.
5: Take care, Debbie. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up again soon.
3: Thank you, Chris. You have a great night. You too, Debbie.
5: That is the great Debbie O'Connell and all of the free, wonderful stuff that she shared with us tonight. And look, if you want to get on top of your game, you want to get on top of your mind and then get even better at your game. These are the ways that you're going to do it. She has given you so many avenues tonight for doing it flow state, and then getting into the conquer your golf mind. That's also coming up. Those are two programs that are going to do you nothing but a world of good. Again, the number to text flow to 727-339-0106. That's going to get you the flow state ebook. And also if you, if you text to the same number Solheim, and again, You want to have a great time and you want to be at the Solheim Cup. There is nobody better on the planet to go do it with than Debbie O'Connell. So you're going to want to do that. So get into her flow state webinar and then get into conquer your golf mind. I'm going to give that to my buddy. He better show up for that because he certainly needs to get out of what he's in and get into a better state of mind and help his overall game. And I'll tell you what, actually, so do I. So these are great things for all of us to be a part of. And again, golf positive is is Debbie's site. She is fantastic. And there's so many good things that you're going to learn from all the things that she gets to share. Check her out online and on YouTube. She's got some nice videos still available out on her YouTube channel as well. And is there any, re- any wonder why she is one of my favorite people on the planet? You know how I love positive people. And at the top of that Mount Rushmore is Debbie O'Connell. So looking forward to catching up with her again very soon. Coming up next on the tee is a guy that is breathing life back into some iconic golf brands like McGregor, Ram, Ben Hogan, Zebra, and Teardrop, and that is CEO Simon Millington. Before I get to Simon, I was talking with Eddie Dry, VP of Domestic Sales for Strixon Cleveland Golf, at the PGA Merchandise Show earlier this year, and I said, Eddie, I like your CBX full-face wedges. How can they help an average player like me play better? Here's what he had to
6: say. An average player, I use one, and I'm in some lies that you can't even believe. And I need all the help I can get. And the face is bigger, and the grooves go all the way up and all the way out to the toe. So if I, you hit it on the toe, you miss it, bam, there's a groove. So I like that. So I carry a 58.
5: There you have it, folks. Try the new CBX Full Face Wedges from Cleveland Golf. I want to tell you about something else I saw at the PGA Merchandise Show, and that's me and my golf. And how does a 45-day free trial to Arco sound? Well, me and my golf have partnered with Arco's and are offering 14 free sensors and a 45-day free trial to Arco's Caddy. When you purchase any training aid on shop.meandmygolf.com. This is a limited-time offer, so don't miss out. Again, go online to shop.meandmygolf.com. Me and My golf.com. With many years in the business, menswear brand Construct has finally launched its green golf collection, sustainably produced using renewable solar energy and recycled fabrics. Hit your best shot in their performance-enhancing polos, quarter zips, and bottoms, made with four-way stretch, quick dry, and UV 50 plus protection. From solids to bold, eye-catching designs, Construct Green is the perfect piece for making the best memories on the greens. And the best part? You can head to construct.com and that's c o n x s t r u c t.com and use code chris for 20% off the green collection today. Okay, now making his next on the tee debut with me is Simon Millington. Simon is the CEO of several great golf brands like McGregor Golf, Ram, Ben Hogan, Zebra, Teardrop Plus, Golf Alchemy, Woodworm Cricket an S247 group and partner in Escapology, the number one escape room in the business. He's bringing some of the iconic brands back to life, which I am so thankful for. And I'm excited that I get to talk with him tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Simon, thanks for coming on the show.
6: All right, Thanks for having me, Chris.
5: Simon, like I say, you are breathing new life into several iconic golf brands that have got a rich history in our game but we haven't heard about some of them in a while. And I want to start with you tonight about McGregor golf, because I'm a huge Jack Nicklaus fan and McGregor was the brand he played. So it was a brand I played as a kid talking, talk to us about bringing McGregor golf back to life.
6: Yeah. I mean, we, we, we've started with McGregor a couple of years ago. Um, and essentially, you know, we, what we try and do with our golf ranges is we'll have everything from, you know, we like, we love to get the people, starting the game and the people playing you know throughout their career so we started with sort of some game improvement products last year we rolled out um a high-end uh, forged iron uh, foam filled forged iron, the mt86 and the mt86 oversized um you know which was very well received we won silver and gold digest um sort of first out which was which was really pleasing and we got fantastic feedback from you know all the media all the testing um and indeed players like Ian Woosnam who um had a set and uh loved him and put him straight in his bag so uh Masters champion thrown in into- so
5: Simon talk about the MT86 irons and I'm curious does 86 have significance with Jack's win at the 86 Masters
6: <laughs> yeah you got it it does yeah for sure um so there's a there's a the, the bit of the story behind that, you know. If you if you look at the MT eighty six iron, you know it's McGregor, it has that MT look, um, but with a modern day feel. So um we were very lucky we had for 18 months um assignment we had Osty Rollinson. Um now Osty was the head of Odyssey for twenty-six years, um, and he's now with scotty Cameron. But in that in-between period we had him um redo the Matt McGregor line and uh, to redo the zebra putter line. Um and also the teardrop putter line which will launch next year so um we got one of the top designers in the world um to come in and work alongside the best factories in the world to really produce a product that was um you know as good as anything out there and you know we were very keen on that and, and kind of the story behind the original lion is a great friend of mine a, a golf professional by the name of jerry holly gave me when i bought mcgregor he gave me this mt8 also this mt1 iron um, sort of a bit of a butter knife, but he polished it all up and gave it to me when we bought the brand. And I was sitting with Ostia and we were talking about design, and this thing was just looking there in the background. I said, we should really incorporate that into the design. Um, so that was how the original design came of this thing just sitting there shining um, and looking at me. Um, so we really tried to take the heritage of the brand. So if somebody picked it up, they said, you know, they'd no looking at it was a McGregor, um, but to put all the latest technology in. So it, you know, like we genuinely believe it's as good as anything out there.
5: The wedges and putters look great to me as well when I was checking them out online. And they're in a price range, too, that we can all afford. Talk about those.
6: Yeah. So, I mean, throughout our product range, um, we, we work with some of the best designers in the world. I say Ostie Rollinson, one, Larry Tang, um, you know, the designer of the two-ball putter with Callaway has been working with us as well on some of our new ranges. Um, so, really, some of the best designers in the world with mcgregor we have a direct to consumer business so um you know when you people will look on there and say wow how the price is so low when you when you look at it the product looks so great well the product is great you know we we really put a lot of focus and energy into that and you know we're great believers we're custodians of the brand so we really have to do a great job to compete with the with the big guys so that when people get you know it's no good it's one thing us telling everybody that hey look we've made this great product and, and marketing that but it actually has to perform. And particularly in this day and age where there's so many testing websites and every magazine every you know social media etc that people are testing them and and you very quickly get found out if you if you you know if you're just making things up so you know we work really really hard really tirefully to get the product right we then sell it direct to the consumer um and so you know you can expect a product that you know far out exceeds anything else at that sort of price point that's really you know, what we aim for is to be sort of 50% of the price of the, you know, the major manufacturers. You just see them in store.
5: You've got the Ram product line back too. And I remember Tom Watson, Nick Price, Stevie playing Ram clubs back in the day. My father had a set of Ram irons that I inherited when I started playing the game. More recently, I've seen Ram as an entry-level kind of iron set. But now you've got the FX-77 model. Talk about yeah. the what's new from Ram.
6: Yeah. So again, you know, there was there was certainly it, it ended up um, RAM being in um, you know some sports retailers, and gradually you know that that used it a bit more of entry level. Um, again, with RAM, we we follow the similar model where we have package sets, and we're very unashamedly happy to sell package sets. You know, whereas the industry may not always want to. You know, I think that's a good part of the industry. It's really, we see it as really important to do fantastic package sets to get people playing the game, whether it's a junior, you know, a teenager, an adult or a senior, you know, ladies, whatever they want. We, we, we try and pride ourselves on having the best of it at, at that sort of price point. Um, and then so again, with that, we've started to roll out, um, you know, really good products in Woods, the FX77 Irons, which has been a fantastic seller again, reviewed fantastically this year um larry tang who i mentioned earlier you know the design of the tubal um has worked on a new iron that will, will that will be launched in the new year um so you know we've we've really got again you know uh, we're trying to really elevate the brands as we do with all of our brands um to have a, a product for every golfer within mm-hmm. them um And, you know, sometimes there's different, you know, shark makeups or grips or whatever. So, you know, there'll be very different pricing. But, you know, we also, you know, we're based in the United States. We have operations, um, you know, we're based in Henderson, Nevada um, and Charlotte, North Carolina. We assemble clubs in the United States. You know, we do our sort of our technology, our design in the United States. You know, we're very committed to um, doing a really good job on all of these brands.
5: Speaking of reviews, Simon, I read Golf Monthly, and they said the FX-77s might be the best value iron on the market. They say it has a tight dispersion pattern, which goodness knows we all need for better consistency in shot making. And Testing with other high-end brands showed that they're very close in performance, but hundreds of dollars cheaper, as you just pointed out, in a world where everything seems to be more expensive nowadays. For those of us, that are in the market for new irons can i get the fx 77s play just as well as the more expensive brands but i don't have to break my bank account
6: yeah absolutely look i mean it's very logical when you think about our business model of being a direct to consumer business um if you think about for instance you know the major brands you know they have you know they're huge behemoth companies with lots of overhead but they have Sales reps, the sales reps, you know, and and sales managers. Then they have to go into the retail. Now, obviously, all of these are adding price. You know, uh, ultimately, you pay for the you know. There's a retailer margin. There's there's their margins. There's paying sales reps with us by being direct to consumer. It's not an inferior product that you know is half the price. It's just the nature of the way we're selling that product. And you know, I talked about this today with somebody, and and you know, somebody said, well. You know if we put two things together no matter what those things are if one's a hundred dollars and one's two hundred dollars we automatically perceive the two hundred dollar one to be better but in terms of the way this sort of modern world is when you're going direct to consumer and cutting out those various layers it isn't like that in in, in certainly in, in golf equipment today you know there's a lot of fantastic golf clubs out there that are going direct to the consumer. Um, some of which are just using sort of regular heads that you could find in a, in any sort of factory in china what we're doing is we are using the best designers um you know throughout history you know some of the greatest designers in history um together with some of the greatest factories that make some of the biggest names you know i won't necessarily go into all the names but the top names in gold are being made in the same factories um that we're making our top end products in so you are getting a quality product just in a different way of it being delivered to you.
5: So let's take that a step further in, in, in the direct-to-consumer market because another brand that you're breathing new life into is Ben Hogan Golf. And I loved what they were doing with their clubs. Terry Kaler, Scott White, and the Ben Hogan brand have been sponsors of the show for years early on. But the brand has struggled sure. to stay afloat over several iterations over that time. And I see you're attempting to to relaunch them next month. Tell us about that
6: yeah so i mean this is literally um you know the news is just breaking i think you're the second person i've told in, in regards to this um so the, the ben hogan brand it, you know it's obviously had a fantastic history in terms of the quality of the product the forged irons you know are, are as good as anything you'll ever see out there and, and the reputation um that mr hogan started is 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 still intact in terms of product nothing's ever changed with that now it has had a, a you know a check history in over the years where it sort of got sold by various people. It got sold to AMF, it got sold to Spalding, it got sold to Callaway. And latterly, um, it got bought by Perry Ellis, um, obviously, as you'll know, as a a huge clothing company, Um, kind of a logical sale in some ways. You know, people say, well, why would a clothing company buy the Ben Hogan company? They bought it from Callaway. They are the licensee for Callaway um, clothing. So there was already a sort of a relationship there. Um, And they do Ben Hogan clothing, but they, you know, they're mindful of the fact that they're not a golf club company. Um, So subsequent to that, they've had a couple of licensees that have actually created great product and actually done a good job. Um, The latter, you mentioned Scott White, fantastic, um, fantastic man, fantastic job he did with Ben Hogan. And unfortunately the, uh, the private equity backer of him sort of, was sort of a high risk high reward private equity firm um the covid whilst the golf business fared very well in covid their other investments didn't and they actually ended up going out of business so the ben hogan sort of licensee you know was taken out of business alongside that a year ago so we've picked up that mantle um you know and it's quite a bit different for us you know where people have tried to set up that company as a standalone you know it's obviously tougher we already have the infrastructure. We have great volumes in clubs and great relationships with factories that we can leverage. Um, so what you can really expect to see over the next coming months um with Ben Hogan is that you'll expect to see, you know, the fantastic um golf clubs. Again, we've got some of the top designers working on new designs on that. Um again, similar direct-to-consumer model um for the Ben Hogan company. Um So that, you know, you're going to be able to, you know, there's so much love for that brand. Um, You know, we're very mindful that we've got to follow Mr. Hogan's legacy in terms of what we do with it. Um, But at the same time, modernizing some of the technology, you know, there's a lot of focus around, you know, having a a great blade, which is fantastic, and we will always continue to do that. But it's a a, a small market there, obviously, you know, of people who want to put themselves through that.
5: So let's switch gears and talk a little bit about putters you mentioned zebra and teardrop a little while ago a couple of brands we're all familiar with zebra maybe the original mallet style putter i remember raymond floyd using one for years it seemed like he made every putt he looked at using one which is why he was playing well and on Ryder cups well into his 50s but talk about not only bringing back that brand but how great the new putters perform.
6: Yeah, they do, and I mean, you mentioned Ray Floyd, and of course, Nick Price famously with his Open Championship win was uh, was using a zebra. Um, yeah, so again, you know, I, I mentioned it earlier. Osty Rollinson, from being head of Odyssey, came and we gave him this. You know, here is this iconic brand. We've got to do something fantastic with this to get it back. You know, it's it's no good just going to somewhere and putting zebra on the zebra on the bottom of it and uh, expecting everybody to think that that's you know the same product. So. We sort of took if you like the the, the original version that the mallet that would be so famous we we took that and said right look this is kind of the shape that that look you know that again as we talked about Gregor, we want people to know when they pick this up it's a zebra putt, but we've got to modernize it so you know in a it was around an 18 months process to get this right and, and you know osti is so amazing it's, uh, i can't speak highly enough of him um but we we kind of took it apart whereas you know so now it has adjustable weights it has aluminum insert you know milled face um the MOI is fantastic everything every part of that putter is absolutely the top level that we could do and again you know that we we put in there was four models in there from a blade um a couple of other mallets that that just add to the range but again you pick it up you'll know it's a zebra you look at it in the store you'll immediately know it's a zebra so we've kept the same colored stripes the same finish and you know the feedback we get from the customers which is fantastic is that you know you put it down nothing lines up like a zebra and and I'm sure in some of the reviews you've seen in the magazines um that's one of the things they say nothing lines up like a zebra so you know we're very proud of that range um and, and it's all down to Austin I have to tell you it's all down to Austin but, you know, we no longer are the adjustable washers under the sole. You know, we have a we have adjustable weights in there. And uh, it, it's a really, a really product that we're very, very proud of.
5: Is Teardrop back as well? And are we going to see the same sort of rounded putter face?
6: Yeah, you will. Teardrop will relaunch at the PGA show um, in January. Um, you will see. It'll be a subtle round face um so it won't be as pronounced as the original one, but this is going to be a very very high end milled um milled putter um it, it It's going to be a very very exciting product to launch that one it's it the, we've been testing and testing the performance um you know some of the characteristics that you would expect with a with a teardrop is that top spin got on the ball gets on the ball quicker, so you know obviously a ball going into the hole with top spin less skidding. You know more control. There's a so many positives that that brings, together with you know the launch. If you come in a bit steeper, that you know the the ball will launch at the right angle. So you know the benefits of that roll face technology uh, are there, but more subtly than perhaps the original ones.
5: Talk about what Golf Alchemy is and the very cool customizations that you can do for us on our clubs.
6: Yeah, so Golf Alchemy um, is actually a, a British-based company. Um, And they are the best personalization company uh, in the world. I mean, they, you know, we do um, work for all of the major brands. I mean, it is incredibly skilled. It's until you actually see it, it, it's kind of impossible to understand how good it is when you, when you look at it close up. Um, So from engraving or etching or snapshot, which is another product we do, so we can put pictures on there. We can put logos on there. Um, They won't wear off. Um, You know, we have to have some specifications on the clubs in terms of the you know the amount of microns of the the surface so it won't rust and stuff like that but it's it's yeah it's quite a remarkable business it's there's nobody else out there like it that does anything like it so we're very proud to be involved with that
5: simon you mentioned the pga merchandise show a moment ago are we going to see all these brands on display at the merchandise show in january
6: you will. We're trying to figure out how we're going to put them all on there today. So that was our, our today's job of trying to work out the, the, how the booth's going to look. But you will. They all be on the booth this year, yeah, for sure.
5: Simon, before I let you go, how can our listeners who want to get reacquainted with these brands and, and follow them and, and you and, and everything that you guys are doing and bringing back to the table, how can they do it online and on social media?
6: Yeah, I mean, if you, if you go and look by brand, all their brands have their own websites. Um, so we have zebra golf.com mcgregor com, ram as you would expect um ben hogan golf.com will will launch in around a month's time um and then teardrop will be the back end of this year um but yeah so all, all the social assets if you go on instagram or facebook or whatever um you you can see everything on there so if you just have a little search um, you'll find us everywhere
5: Well, Simon, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your very busy schedule to come and be a part of the show tonight. This is all very exciting news for my listeners and for myself. I love these brands, the brands I grew up with, the brands, the players that I idolized growing up. I'm so happy to see that they are coming back and coming back strong. I hope this is uh, the first of many visits you'll come and update us on all the great things that you are doing.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Thank you, Chris.
5: Take care, Simon. All the best to you your family. I'll catch up soon. And you, bye-bye. That is Simon Millington. How exciting is all of this about these iconic brands that are coming back to life and giving us performance at a reasonable price to get back the brands that you know? my hero Jack Nichols played, Tom Watson, Nick Price, Ray Floyd, Seve, the list goes on and on. To draw a McGregor or a Ram Iron from your golf bag starts you off with confidence. Well, I just love the idea that that is now possible again. If if you've played them or you've tested them, please let me know. Send me an email. If, if you've tested any of these new brands or these brands that have been relaunched, send me an email to chris at nextonthete.net. Shoot me a comment on Twitter or Instagram at CT Mascaro. Um, I'm looking over at uh, Mike Jack Nicholas Golden Bear Golf Bag here in the studio uh, to be out with that and have McGregor Irons in there along with a zebra putter. you kidding me? I'll be taking all the cash. If they brought the tourney golf ball back, boy, that would just be over the top. But kudos to Simon and his team. Really looking forward to catching up with him again, staying up to date with the brands, and then seeing them at the PGA Merchandise Show in January. Coming up next is going to be European Senior Tour Pro and the winner of the 2017 and 2018 Senior Italian Open, and that is Clark Dennis. Before I get to Clark, I want to remind you about our friends over at Squares Golf. And folks, do you sway and you're off balance in your golf swing? You know what? It could be your shoes. A golf shoe needs structure to provide stability and reduce sway. How can you tell if your shoes lack structure and are hurting your game? If you can hold your shoes by the toe and heel and twist it, toss it. Squares was designed for the perfect balance of structure and comfort. Isn't it time you tried Squares? Try the new Speed Bolt. At squares.com. That's S-Q-A-I-R-Z dot com. Looking for the ultimate Myrtle Beach golf experience? Well, it's only a click away. Check out the two-play special at two of America's most awarded public golf courses, Caledonia Golf and Fish Club and True Blue Golf Club. They are low-country masterpieces featuring two iconic Mike Strantz designs. Play these two incredible courses for one great price. Visit Club dot com to learn more about the two play special and book your tee time today. Again, that's CaledoniaGolfAndFishClub.com. dot com. All right, now next on the tee with me is Clark Dennis. Clark has played on the Corn Ferry Tour, the PGA Tour, and is now out there on the Senior European Tour. He's from Houston, Texas. Played his college golf first at the University of Arkansas and then at SMU, where he had the low tournament score. During the 1984-85 season with a 221 at the Hal Sutton Invitational, the team set a record in winning that tournament. Their team score was 896. He turned pro in 1986 and has eight professional wins to his credit so far, including winning the 1993 Bakersfield Open on the Corn Ferry Tour, five wins over there on the European Senior Tour, including winning the Senior Italian Open in back-to-back years of 2017 and 18. He also won the Dutch Masters in 2017, and then the John Jacobs Trophy for the European Senior Tour Order of Merit. Won a couple of state opens here in the U.S. at the 1988 Nevada State Open and the 1992 Texas Open. Finished tied for sixth in the 1994 U.S. Open at Oakmont. And I couldn't be more thrilled to have him with me tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Clark, thanks for coming on the show.
0: Hey, Chris, nice to be on.
5: Clark, I saw you posted a picture on Instagram about it being baseball time in Texas, followed by Let's Go Rangers. I'm guessing you were pretty glued to the TV a little earlier tonight. Being from Houston, tell me about the Rangers.
0: No, well, actually, I was born in Houston, but I've lived in Fort Worth since I was 10. So I'm a Fort Worth guy. Uh, I grew up at Colonial Country Club. Uh, I have been a long-suffering Rangers fan. Uh, That was my first love sport uh, was baseball, and going to the old stadium, not the ballpark in Arlington, uh, going to the old, old stadium, not the ballpark, and then the ballpark, and now we've got Globe Life Field. It's a fantastic experience at Globe Life, and uh, i got three boys. They're all fans. Uh, my son, Caddy's on the PGA Tour for Sam Stevens, and we were talking. He's in Japan right now, and we were on the phone. My other son, Philip was here at the house. And we were all very nervous with that last inning. So, uh, <laughs> up two, up two games. It's looking good, but uh, you know the Astros are a great team, so uh, it's not over yet.
5: And hey, I'm a I'm a big Red Sox and Pirates fan. You guys signed Nate Evaldi away from the Red Sox. That certainly has worked out well for the Rangers.
0: Yeah, he was uh, big game Nate tonight. I mean, he you know gave up a couple of home runs, but he's been solid, especially in the playoffs. So. Yeah, that was a good signing. Yeah, it's a good young team. You know, we got some veterans. We got some really good young players like Evan Carter, uh, who's been exciting. He's only been up for about a month and he's just, he's, he's been electric since he's been up. So it's been fun to watch.
5: So what's your prediction for the rest of the ALCS? The Rangers and how many games?
0: Uh, I'm saying the Rangers in six. I think the Astros are going to probably sneak one here in Arlington. And, uh, but I think we win in six.
5: All right. Let's talk some golf. And, and I want to go back to your college days, Clark. How did the university of Houston or the university of Texas, let a guy like you get away to the university of Arkansas?
0: Well, you know, uh, we had Steve lawyer was the coach who ended up being Nicholson's agent later, later on with Arizona state as coach. And Steve was a great recruiter. Um, you know, and I just enjoyed Fayetteville. It was a great place. I didn't stay there very long, but, uh, I really enjoyed my time there. Uh, and, uh, you know, being teammates with John Daly, and we had Jim McGovern, we had Mike Sports, we had a lot of guys that ended up playing the tour, and we kind of underperformed as a team. But uh, it was a great experience to be in Fayetteville, and I, I loved my time. there.
5: So as you mentioned your teammates with John Daly, what was it like teaming up with him
0: back then? Well, it's about what you would imagine. <laughs> John is, I tell you, John is one of the nicest guys you ever meet. He's generous, he's kind, he'd do anything for you. But, you know, he's had his demons, as we all know. And, uh, you know, he had them in college and in junior golf. I played with him in junior golf, too. And, uh, you, know, you know, hopefully, John will get everything sorted out. He seems to be doing better. Um, I saw him last week. I played in the Champions Tournament in Jacksonville and saw him last week in Jacksonville and the Puritan Friends. And, uh, uh, you know, he looks good and he looks better. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's a, he's a character. He's, there's a reason why he's the main draw on the championship, even though he's not the best player. anymore.
5: So you leave Arkansas and you go to SMU and the Mustangs have a pretty rich golf history with a ton of great players. I mean, Payne Stewart, uh, Hank Keeney, Colt Nost, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Henry Higgs, to name just a few. Talk to me about playing there and uh, maybe some of your favorite memories from your time at SMU.
0: Yeah, really. My wife also got her masters at SMU, you know, obviously being from Fort Worth and close to home. So that was kind of the reason I came back um, and, um, you know, be a little, wasn't my wife at the time, be a little closer to my girlfriend, is now my wife, 33 years. So, um, you know, you do things like that when you're young, but I enjoyed SMU as well. You know, Dallas is a great city and, and I had good teammates there too. I met some lifelong friends, Mario De La there, and Russell Beersdorf and, you know, people who, who uh, have been friends for a long time.
5: Mark, Hal Sutton is a wonderful friend of the show. He's actually going to be joining me again next week. And you and the SMU team had a great performance in the Hal Sutton Invitational back in the 84-85 season. What do you remember about that week?
0: I do remember that week. You know, it's a long time ago. (laughs) Uh, But I do remember playing very well that week. And um, we won as a team, and I won the individual title. And I remember really looking up to Hal. And, of course, I got to play many, many times with Hal subsequently on the tour. And, and in fact you mentioned the US Open. I finished tied six at Oakland when I qualified for that US Open, I actually played with Hal in the sectionals for that US Open qualified for it. Hal's a great guy. I've known Hal since probably about then and um you know, and a good friend of mine now is a coach at Centenary, Emlyn Aubrey. He's been the coach there for a few years. He played on the tour with me and so it kinda came full circle. You know, Emlin's there at Centenary. They still I think have that tournament and um you know, it, it was a fun week. You know, it's always good to win, and college was a great experience. I really enjoyed it. Mark,
5: you turned pro in 86 and got your first win at the 1993 Nike Bakersfield Open almost 30 years ago to the day of uh, of this show, and you get that victory. You win it in a playoff over Jim Furick and Sonny Skinner. You guys set the tournament record at 14-under. You remember that week and then going out and beating Furick and Skinner in the playoff?
0: I do, because Sonny and I were pretty close friends, and Jim was a he was a rookie, and nobody really knew him. Sonny uh, and I went to the first, tee, the first tee of the playoff. It was the 18th, which was the par five, and I was the first to hit, and I hit. Sonny was the second to hit, and he hit. And then Jim hit, and we had never seen him play because he'd only been out there maybe half a year. And Sonny and I looked at each other, and I said, hey, this guy, tie us," <laughs> And we just kind of <laughs> laughed, and, you know, of course, 70 million career money later i think he was all right Uh, (laughs) but uh you know jim's a great guy and i I played a lot with him over the years too and like i said i played in a tournament in jacksonville last week on the champions tour he did a great job there and supports a lot of great charities there in jacksonville
5: that 1993 season on what was then the nike tour had so many great players and some really great friends of this show were out there that year with you guys like owen brown and dave stockton jr stan utley obviously you Jim Furyk, plus Tommy Tolles and Ron Strick. You guys all won that season. That's a pretty tough competition, week in and week out on the Nike Tour.
0: Yeah, I you know there was you know there was some really good players back then. It was obviously the talent level is really deep right now. And, I mean, we were pretty good too. I mean, we we our equipment was different. We didn't hit it as far. Uh, there was a lot of good players on that Nike Tour there in the early '90s. A lot of major winners. Lee Jansen was playing. Um No, I mean, there was, remember, I think it was 90 or 91, Tom Lehman played out there. I mean, there were so many great players that played that Nike Tour in the early 90s. You had to play to win.
5: I want to talk to you about that 1994 U.S. Open where you tied for six, played at Oakmont. It was a very special U.S. Open because it was Mr. Palmer's final U.S. Open appearance right there in his backyard. Did you get to be around him, meet him, talk to him at all that week?
0: Uh, Yeah, you know, Mr. Palmer was a great guy. He was always very gracious, and he would talk to anybody. And actually, when when he was coming up 18, uh, I was on 10 uh, on the Friday. And so we kind of stopped and watched. Uh, I was playing with Harry Taylor and I forget who else, somebody else. Uh, We kind of stopped and watched him come up 18 because it was such an iconic moment. So I was actually able to watch him hit his last shot. Into eighteen, and then we went on and played our hole. But that uh, was a great experience to be there for his last U.S. Open, you know, in his hometown.
5: You were in the mix that year from the opening round. You shoot an even par seventy-one. You're on the first page of the leaderboard with guys like Tom Watson, Jack nicholas Ernie Els, Hale Irwin—a huge list of tour legends. What was it like for you to see your name amongst theirs?
0: That was my first time really having. I'd played in a couple of U.S. Opens before that, and I had. I'd played okay in 89, finished the middle of the pack, made the cut the middle of the pack. That was my first time to be in contention. And that was, you know, it was quite jarring. And Oakmont, as you know, is an extremely difficult golf course. But my ball striking that week was phenomenal. I mean, I could not have hit it any better. It was very stress-free. I just wasn't, at the time, really a very good putter. Um But, you know, and those greens will expose any deficiencies in putting, obviously. And uh you know, I just had a great week ball striking. It was easy. you know I could have easily won that tournament with a with just even average putting, but you know it was a great experience to be there to come up eighteen playing with Fred couples the last day, huge ovation. I hit it in about eight feet on the last hole, I almost thirty the last three holes uh had a chance on all of them but uh you know, it wasn't to be, and that was kind of my last chance, but you know you never you, when i was i was twenty eight at the time and I thought oh, I'll have plenty of other chances at this but you know, with golf, you just never know. But fortunately, I've had a good end of my career, being able to play after I'm 50, and I've done well and enjoyed it. So uh, I have no complaint.
5: So let's fast forward to your point about playing really well. You win the senior Italian Open in back-to-back years in 2017 and 18, both times in a playoff. What What do you remember about that tournament, and what is it about it that brings out the best in you?
0: Well, the course I went on was, it was up near Venice. Um, uh, Villa Verde Resort, which is a beautiful place up near, uh, near the Dolomite Mountains. And uh, you know, I beat Peter Fowler, who's a great player in a playoff. I made about a 20 footer the first year. And then I also wanted to play off uh, the next year um, for Rafael Gomez. And, you know, it was just a course that fit me well. And, and we don't play there anymore. I'm going to Italy next week for the Senior Italian Open. We're playing down in Puglia, uh, a great course down there as well. But it's. Uh, you know, we're starting to rotate that tournament. So, Italy's a great place. It's beautiful. The food's amazing. You know, I've just enjoyed my time in Europe. I played very little as a young player there, uh, only a few times in Europe. But I've had good success over there, and I've, you know, my family's been able to go over there with me, and it's just been a great experience for me to play the Legends Tour over there.
5: Mark, just a couple more before I let you go. And you won the Dutch Masters that season as well. And when the season's over. There you are sitting on top of the Order of Merit. That had to be a tremendous feeling and a huge accomplishment.
0: It was. You know, I was the first American, still the only American to ever win the Order of Merit over there. Uh, We have a lot of great players. You know, Michael Campbell, U.S. Open champion, uh, Paul McGinley, Ryder Cup captain, uh, Ian Woosden plays. We have multiple 14 or 15 Ryder Cup players that play on a regular basis several major winners that play on a regular basis. So our tour is very strong. It, you know, the Champions Tour is I've played in about 40 Champions Tour events in my career since I've been 50. So I've gotten in some over here, but it's a tough thing to crack. And so if you don't, if you're not playing over here, you got to find somewhere to play. And I think that's the next best option. Tournaments are great. We go to fantastic places like we're going to Mauritius here at the end of the year. We're playing in Vietnam to Spain next week and then, uh, Italy next week and then we go on to Spain. So you know, the venues are awesome and, you know, purses are getting better. So the Legends Tour is on the rise and I hope, uh, you know, I hope it continues to go forward because there's more room in senior golf than just one tour. And I see it be that second tour. In 2019,
5: you win for the fifth time, this time at the Winston Golf Senior Open. You did so coming from six shots back on the final day, thanks to a final round 63. Talk about making that charge.
0: Yeah, you know, I had my youngest son Philip on the bag that week, and the Sunday was my wife and I's uh, I think 29th wedding anniversary, and so it was kind of a special day. I I birdied I think six of my last seven holes, shot 30 on the back and beat Bernard Langer and Jose Maria Olazabal. Olazabal was winning the tournament most of the day, and you know I kind of came in and stole it from him. So it was a really neat experience to kind of run down those two legends of the game, and be able to win that tournament.
5: Clark, let our listeners know, how can they stay up to date with all the great things you're doing and follow you, whether it's online or it's on social media?
0: Well, you know, you can go to Legends Tour, the com. It's on the European Tour website. It's the Senior Tour of the European Tour, so you can go to that and and watch uh, the progress over there and see the tournaments. You can look at me on Twitter, at C. Dennis Golf, Twitter and Instagram, same thing. And, you know, I think, you know, I think they will be pleasantly surprised to see the names and scores that uh, are put up on the Legends Tour. And I I hope everybody watches. it.
5: Well, Clark, it sure has been great having you as part of this show tonight. I hope it's the first of many visits you'll do with us and come back, share more of your stories and your insights with us and keep us up to date with what's going on on the European Senior Tour. It's uh, to your point, a lot of great players over there and a lot of great golf. And you are certainly a big part of that. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night to come and be a part of the show.
0: Absolutely. I've enjoyed being on, and I'll talk baseball anytime you want to.
5: <laughs> we'll do more of that next time around. I look forward to it. Maybe maybe you'll come back and talk to us when the Rangers have won the World Series. That would be a lot of fun.
0: I tell you, I would. that would be a dream. I would love that.
5: Clark, take care, my friend. All the best to you and your family. I look forward to catching up with you again soon.
0: Thank you, Chris. Good to be on with you. Thank you, Clark.
5: That is Clark Dennis. You can keep track of him over on the European, uh, European senior tour. You can find them online at legendstour.com. You can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at CDennisGolf. He's a lot of fun to talk to. And, uh, I'm rooting for his Rangers. It's like a, with the final four teams available, the Rangers are the ones I'm hooking my wagon to because of native Aldi, but, uh, it was certainly a lot of fun getting to spend some time with Clark. He's had a wonderful career to this point uh, at this point I'm rooting really hard for him to make it a third senior Italian Open championship. Hopefully we'll we'll find that next week and then uh if and when the Rangers win the World Series, I will certainly be reaching back out to him and we'll talk all about it. I'm sure he'll be excited to do that and I hope it's also carrying uh, a third senior Italian Open championship as well. So looking forward to catching up with him again soon. Coming up next is going to be Steve Fluke. Steve is the co-founder and chief marketing officer for Power to Golf. Before I get to Steve, and that is Andy Trainer. Before I get to Andy, I want to remind you about two under men's performance wear. They're the unofficial underwear of the PGA and the 2020 Ryder Cup team. Ricky Fowler is their global ambassador, and over 50 other PGA, Corn Ferry, and Champions Tour players wear them. Just to mention a few like David Toms, Jerry Kelly, Justin Thomas, William McGirt, Scott McCarron, and Chris DiMarco. The Joey Pouch technology provides the ultimate male asset management, delivering maximum comfort from the tee box to the boardroom to the bedroom. Use code NEXT20 to save 20% off your order at two under.com That's the number two, U-N-D-R.com. Two Under, performance in your pants. And you walk a lot of miles in life and on the course, so make sure you're walking in the right shoes. SCONY changes the game with an affordable line of the most comfortable, versatile, slip-on golf shoes that can be worn anywhere. They're made with breathable microfiber fabric, spikeless treads, and an adjustable lace lock. And they're easy to clean, too. So spend less time changing shoes and more time living in them. Visit scony.com and use code NXT on t 20 So next on T20 at checkout for 20% off. That's scony.com, S-K-O-N-I.com. They're also available at golf specialty retailers and Greengrass Pro Shops nationwide.
0: Relax. Easy now. Find your happy place. It's all in the hips. Just tap
4: it in. Yes!
5: Find the latest clubs and apparel at Golf's Happy Place, the PGA Tour Superstore. Okay, now making his next On the Tee debut with me is Simon Millington. Simon is the CEO of several great golf brands like McGregor Golf, Ram, Ben Hogan, Zebra, Teardrop, plus Golf Alchemy, Woodworm Cricket, and S247 Group and partner in Escapology, the number one escape room in the business. He's bringing some of the iconic brands back to life, which I am so thankful for, and I'm excited that I get to talk with him tonight here on uh, next on the tee hey simon thanks for coming on the show
1: it's great to be here and, and uh great to follow uh the great dennis clark what a player he is huh indeed
5: 100 yeah. percent. so steve power to golf the club is an amazing invention let's go back yeah. to the beginning with with roy taylor talk about who
1: he is well roy the retired aerospace engineer from lockheed as you mentioned and uh he uh retired and then, uh, Shortly after that, he started working in his garage. And then I met up with him not too much longer after that. And he needed to have someone with a golf background, which I, I have being a former club pro for many years and, and so forth in the business and such. And, and, uh, we, we, uh, got together and, um, we built out this club and it was an R and D company for several years. And then we, uh, we launched it uh, a few years back, and now we moved into mass production. And uh, it's a swing-free golf club, um, an automatic club, if you will. Hits golf shots from 25 up to 225 yards. You can fade or draw the ball. And uh, so this a wedge and a putter to play any course in the world.
5: So let's talk about that a little bit further. So everyone is
1: thinking, oh, my, how do I get a hold yep. of this club? But talk about how it yep. works. Well, it's powder actuated, so basically gunpowder, and then we—it's uh, it, uh, propelled by power strip, if you will—and uh, it—you insert it into the club and set your yardage. You address the ball just like a standard golf club, but instead of swinging, uh, you push a button that is uh, located on the grip, and that initiates the shot and the insert or the striker. Uh, comes out two inches and sends it down the fairway and onto the green. So talk about the different yardages. How do you dial up the yardage you need to hit the ball? Well, it's calibrated at sea level. So it's, it's plus or minus about 1%. So it's very accurate. And um, you just set the range control lever by the leading edge, lining up to the desired distance. And um, like I said, line it up just like a regular golf club and, uh push the button and uh the uh, the insert comes out two inches and hits the ball and uh again it's still so there's still plenty of golf to it. You have to you know still allow for the wind and the roll and and so forth, and really was designed for those who love the game, but uh unfortunately can no longer uh swing a golf club where if they try, they're in pain um so be it some with bad back or hips or shoulders. Um, they've got plenty of life left, but the golf swing, that's not going to happen anymore. Um, so they just slide right over to power. They don't miss a beat and they keep playing out, uh, golf courses, uh, uh, throughout the world. At this point, we have nine countries that we serve now. And, uh, they basically, they set up and, and enjoy and, and enjoy the game just like they've always had in the past. You mentioned you can shape shots, which I find absolutely
5: amazing. Talk about How you can hit a hook, a fade, hit it low, hit it high—it's
1: amazing. Sure. Well, you uh, hit it low and high. That's just putting the hands in front of the club head or the hands behind the club head at address. As far as the uh, fade and draw, it's just the shaft angle. So a more of an upright shaft angle in relation to the ground, you're going to hit a fade, and a flatter shaft angle, you're going to angle. You'll hit the draw. Um, So you can go from five to thirty yards either way. Um, Or if you just want to hit a straight shot, if the top of the club head is level to the ground, you're going to hit a straight shot down the pipe. What
5: about in between yardages? If I want to hit it 50 yards, 85 yards, something that's in between what's on the dial, how do you you play around and and learn how to get those in
1: between yardages? Well, let's say you have a 165-yard shot. You place it somewhere between the mark that's 150 and 175 on the club. And uh, if you're not going to be on the green, you're going to be very close to the green. So it's, it's very very accurate, plus or minus about one one percent, um, and it's calibrated at sea level. So it's uh, it's fairly easy to to set that up. But again, there's still a lot of game to it because you still have to allow if the if the if the ground is soft or hard, or whether you have a a headwind or a tailwind, you have to allow all that into the shot making. But the bottom line is everybody golfs now. We've removed all the barriers to the game. So whether it's a stroke survivor or some with a chronic bad back or hip or shoulder, or, uh, or they're just kind of getting into the game before we they get discouraged and quit before they even really get into the game. Um, this is a good starting point for beginners as well. And you can use the club right in the rough too, correct? Oh, yeah, right through the rough. Like a hot knife through butter,
5: <laughs> not a problem.
4: <laughs>
5: so yeah. you mentioned you can't. You you need other clubs too, right? You're still going to need to to chip and putt from around the green. But it seems like even there, there are times yeah. we can when you could use this club to kind of bump and run it if you wanted to.
1: Yeah, you could do that. But you know, if you're if if your approach shot, if you're not on the green, you're going to be within five or ten yards. So it's it's really just a short pitch or a chip um, to finish up. Uh, the hole and then of course cutting it in. Um, so um again, still a lot of there and you know it we're we're not set up to compete against the proper game of golf, but it's like a safety net uh or a uh or for the beginners, it's like uh uh training wheels for golf to kind of get them started. Because as a as a former, you know, club professional, we'd get a lot of uh, folks that come in and they'd see it on TV, they're excited and and they realize this is quite that easy, and they get discouraged. So, it's I think it's it's used in a many many cases as a great starting point as they're kind of getting used to the game and getting used to the swing and so forth uh, as a, as a good starting point as well.
5: I watched a YouTube video where Rick Shields tested the club out, and the distances that that he was dialing up were pretty spot on to what was on that dial. And I know you mm-hmm. said it. This is for the. The person who can't uh, swing anymore, whether it's through injury, arthritis, whatever it is. But I got to tell you, it looked like he was having a lot of fun with the club. It looked like a lot of fun to use. It's not it's Ooh. not a cheap club that you can go out there and just buy. But I tell you what, if you and your buddies all had one and went out there and tried to play a game of skill using that club, it seems like it would be a
1: really fun thing to do. Uh, yeah, you know, we go out. uh Normally, the front nine, I'll play uh, the power golf, or excuse me, the the conventional standard golf, and I'll come in, I'll, on the back nine, I'll, I'll come in playing uh, power golf. And uh, there is there's a lot of game to it. It's a lot of fun. And uh, I know a lot of the uh, golf entertainment venues are starting to uh, bring it into their facilities for, again, those who really don't golf, but they're there to have some fun, and they want to be be able to participate as well. Um so even if you're a great golfer um it's it's a fun experience um you, you know but it's it's amazing it it really um put focus on as I always stressed when I was on the lesson team, how important it is to find the fairway and it is really amazing when you hit 14 out of 14 fairways uh when I play the whole uh, 18 with um uh, with the the power club how easy the game really is if you're in the fairway every time <laughs> <laughs> indeed
5: And like I say, the club will run you about what a new set of golf clubs would cost. But for the person who can't swing any longer, buying this instead of a new set of clubs and adding it to your bag along with a couple of wedges and a putter seems like a pretty reasonable thing to do.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. A full set of clubs, you know, even a basic set's going to cost you a couple of grand. So this is $1,000. But this, a wedge and a putter, there's your full set. we have a lot of folks buying them for their dads, the aged out of the game or their mothers um, and or friends. And we have a lot of husbands buying it for their spouse because maybe golf was never their thing. And now they can join in on the fun as well. So there's a lot of different applications for golf courses. Um, they're purchasing it to help retain their members who are aging out of the game. And instead of losing the member, they, Slide them right over to power, and they're, they're able to have some fun and, and maintain their membership and stay in the game. And that's what it's all about.
5: So, Steve, for our adaptive golf listeners or my cheating buddies who want to get, a, get their hands on one of these things, how can they do it? How can they go online and get a, uh, a new Power
1: to Golf golf club? It's real simple power of the number two golf.com. And if we receive the uh, order by 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, it gets shipped out same day. Not will be shipped out next day. Um, So we've had to increase our inventory to keep up with the demand um, because a lot of people are deciding if it's between this or not golfing anymore. I'm going power, you know, and that's uh, it's good to be it's good to be part of the. We get a lot of the feedback of people. Spouses usually saying my. You know, I'm so happy my husband's able to golf again. You don't know what it's meant, and so on and so forth. So that's what really kept us going during the uh, the lean years and just rolling this out. Because let's face it, it's a very unorthodox technology into going into a very traditional space. Um, although uh the vast majority of courses and players that uh they, they get they get it because really only for the grace of God that would be me i i couldn't golf i've got a bad back or a hip then i, I i'd have to use this as well so for most of us see, uh, seniors um or, or for a big percentage uh they'll just be sliding right over to power and they'll be able to you know play another 15 or 20 years of golf and enjoy themselves with family and friends and so forth
5: well that's fantastic stuff steve it's uh it's a wonderful club. I really enjoyed watching Rick Shields and the fun he was having using it and testing it. It's been great having you as part of the show tonight and hearing about the Power to Golf Club. I hope you'll come back, keep us up to date with the great things you guys are doing. It's uh it's
1: fantastic stuff. Well, we will. And thanks for uh, having us on the show. Appreciate it. And uh, like I said, if anyone needs any additional information, it's power to golf.com and, Thanks, uh thanks for being uh being having me part of your uh guest tonight. I appreciate it very much, Steve. All the best in you your family. I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Okay, great.
5: Bye now. See you, Steve. That is Steve Fluke, co-founder and chief marketing officer for Power to Golf. Folks, I highly encourage you to go watch the video that Rick Shields did with the Power to Golf Club. It was fun watching him using it. I'm sure it's ten times more fun to actually get to go play with it. If you have an injury, arthritis, or whatever that is keeping you from being able to swing a golf club, this is the answer for you. Go get yourself one of these and get back out there. You'll probably beat all your buddies once you figure out how to position the golf club to hit the shots that you want. They'll all probably want to go get one for themselves as well. And like I say, it would be a hoot for a, a foursome to go out there and, and play with one of these. Be a lot of fun to see how that all worked out in the strategy. And the shots you hit, I think it would be a really fun thing to do sometime. But uh, I love this idea. It's something we've all dreamt about before. And Steve and Roy went out there and they created it. It It's loads of fun. Again, power, the number two, golf.com. Go online. I look forward to having Steve back on the show again soon. All right. Now joining me a little bit later than he usually does is our resident director of instruction, Tom Patry. Folks, if you're tired of playing the same old golf games, if you really want to play better, shoot lower scores and keep your wallet in your pocket on the 19th hole, go see Tom down in Naples, Florida. Be sure to subscribe to his YouTube channel. On there, you're going to get over 300 free video lessons. Give him a follow on Instagram at Tom Golf. Check out his website, TomPatrick.com. And it's always a joy to get to say that he is back with me again tonight here on next on the t good evening tp how are you my friend ah christy boy <laughs> hey tom Patrick. how are you my friend i'm tired christy
2: i'm tired i walked 36 holes in a college tournament. and they follow one of my kids around i'm i'm old man i'm old it's, it's late i'm old you kept me up late today come on let's go let's get this let's get going here come on <laughs> all
5: right so You've been bouncing around to a couple of different locations over the last week or so because you got a couple of students out there playing in some big tournaments. Talk about that.
2: I started the week out, Chris, in Venice, Florida uh, and with one of my young ladies who plays on the Epson Tour. She made it through the first stage of LPGA Q School in Palm Springs and is playing starting uh, Tuesday at the second stage in Venice, Florida. So I uh, was with her for two practice rounds in Venice working with her. She's uh, I think she's rounding into nice form right now. So I'm I'm really keeping my fingers crossed for her. Her name is Marissa Kirkwood. She's from the Pittsburgh area. From you from your from your. There family. you
1: go.
5: Yeah,
2: yeah. That's
5: what I'm talking um, about.
2: Played at Kent State. Uh, nice player. Um, she's you know she's a little bit of a late bloomer, but I think she's I think she's heading in the right direction. So we'll have high hopes for her this week and maybe maybe she can uh, advance to the final and uh, maybe get a card. So we'll see about that. But that was two great days with her. Uh, I finished up with her, went home, packed a bag up at three o'clock in the morning, the other morning, and got to Fort Myers for a seven o'clock flight and flew to uh Indianapolis, got in a car, drove three hours to Finley, Ohio for a um Division II college from eighteen I think eighteen teams here. I might be overstated. I think I think there's eighteen teams here. Anyway, uh one of my guys who's a freshman at uh U U uh U Indy. Um Started a little slow this morning. He, uh, he had a big number on the card. Made it, they played 36. day, made it, made a triple and shot 75 in the morning and was a little frustrated. We had a little conference at midday and, and he went out in the afternoon and shot 65. Uh, yeah. Go. And he went from 40th place after the morning round. And he's one shot off the lead going to the final round now in the, uh, in the morning tomorrow. He's in a tie for second. So, uh, Nice. He's one shot, one shot. Yeah, sixty-five was pretty. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I I I made it there. He shot 64, 64 oh. He burned 18, sixty-four, which is his career low. Um, nice pep went, talk. Yeah, he went for. Yeah, it was a good pep talk. He went from 40th to second, and uh, he's one shot back on going into the final round tomorrow. So it's uh, it's been a world, you know, world, 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 really, uh, week. So we uh, played the last round tomorrow, and I run to the airport at in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and. Make a connection in your hometown, of Atlanta, and back to Naples tomorrow night. Probably around eleven o'clock touchdown. So, kind of a crazy week, but uh, yeah,
4: that's what you do for your kids.
2: You know, that's what you do for your kids, and, and uh, they're, they're both nice players. And this kid at UIndy is, is a really fine player. He's he's, uh, he's been with me a couple of years. He's me three years now, and um, he's done some nice things already. So he's uh, he's got some upside ahead of him.
5: Sounds like he does. Went out and yeah. shoot sixty four. Good for him. He plays like you. He plays very similar to the coming off you play. It does sound very similar to the rounds that I play. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Exactly right. Tom, I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to get your thought on something. Um, Solheim Cup, Ryder Cup. We saw the Solheim Cup finished in a 14-14 tie. We could have had the same thing. We've had it in the past in in President's Cups and in Ryder Cups. And when when I think back to the 2003 President's Cup, which did end up in a tie, um, but they they sent Tiger and Ernie Els out there to play a playoff hole, which they both parred. And then because of darkness, they agreed that the matches would end in a tie. Do we need a tie-breaking system in these matches? Or is the tiebreaker itself the fact that the team that needs to get back the cup knows it needs 14.5 points? And anything less than the 14.5 points, it's not a tie, it's a loss.
2: I think the tie makes those events unique um, a little bit. And then that's my first thought. My second thought is, can you imagine in 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 a in an event where you're representing your country in a team format and you're the guy that's picked after all week long, all these matches being played, all this drama unfolding, and then you send one guy out there with the weight of his whole country on his shoulders to decide the, you know, the Ryder Cup. Um, it, it seems like it's almost too much to ask of any one person in a team format. So I, you know, I get it. I don't, I'm not crazy about the tie myself, but I, I think traditionally that's what it's been. And since I'm really old, Chris, really, really old and, and I'm very traditional, I, I think it stays the way it is.
5: I'm um, golf. Digest did an article this week on the 10 rules of golf that we ignore every day. And in that article, I was surprised to read that taking a mulligan, Started actually at Wingfoot. There was a member there named Mulligan, and he always required a second tee shot to get in the fairway. and And now it's commonplace, and that whole thing is stuck. and That's where it all began. I'm guessing you're not a fan of the two off the first tee roll and this guy Mulligan.
2: Uh, no, I'm not, Chris. I, I, I you know, I, I think that uh, you know golf is played. I mean, there's two. I, I what I say to people when they come: <clears throat> Do you want to learn how to play golf? do you want to learn how to play Country Club? (laughs) So if you want to if you want to play learn how to play Country Club, the mulligan is part of your repertoire, and so is the gimme from seventy five feet away. You know, I'll pick it up. That's good. Oh, you'll make that. Pick that. That's fine. No problem. I'll hit another one. (laughs) Get one. Get to be happy. Yeah. No gimme's. That's not something I'm really fond of. Uh, If you want to learn how to play golf. You come to TP if you want to learn how to play country club. Call somebody else.
5: <laughs> so you're not a, you're not a, you know that's good. Get pick it up. You, is there, There's no. you're four Still, inches. You're inside the leather. If, if, you, come
2: the, if you come down to, you come down to visit me this winter in Naples, and we we get to play golf, and I hope we do. I hope we finally do this. Um, two things you shouldn't ask me for. A second one off the first tee, and is and just in the in the words, is it good? Because they, they don't apply when I play golf. That's not the way you play golf, okay? You know, I, I, let me ask you a question. You go to the range and you warm up. And you warm up for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 40, whatever you, an hour, whatever you warm up for. So you've gone to the range to warm up. Why do you go to the first tee with the idea in mind that if I don't hit a good one with the first tee, I get another one? What?
4: What, what, what is that?
5: <laughs> you don't want to get started <laughs> off on a bad foot. Come on, two up the first tee. Chris, Chris, no.
2: The first ball is like, oh, you're 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 at bat for the Boston Red Sox, and the first ball he throws, the strike right down the throat. You miss, and just you miss it. Can can we try? Can we try that one more time? We do that (laughs) over again. We do that over. Joe Montana throws an interception. No, can I? Can I? Can I have a do-over on that one? I missed the first foul shot in a one-on-one in Madison Square Garden. Can I? Can I try that one more time? No, no, Okay.
5: Um, a popular question that people ask golfers <laughs> is if you could change one rule in golf, what would it be? And for me, if your ball finds a divot in the fairway, to me, that should be a free drop. I mean, if you had a perfect tee shot in the middle of the fairway, you shouldn't get penalized for that because some schmuck didn't put his, uh, the, the divot back in or fill it in with sand or whatever. I, to me, that's, that's a crazy rule. Do you, is there any, Thing in in golf, any of the rules that you think you know? What? Hey, maybe we should rethink this one. You know, it,
2: it's interesting you say that because for the longest time, I I was I was crazed about not being able to tap down a spike mark, but you could fix a ball mark, right? Um, somebody else did both of those things before you were there, right? Spike mark, they dragged their feet, or the ball mark, they didn't fix when they when they hit it into the green. So I was really glad, as traditional as I am, I was really glad when it changed. You could tap, you could tap down spike mark okay So your point about the divot i have to agree with you i mean if somebody takes a divot and doesn't replace it with either the divot or fills it with sand of some kind or smooths it out whatever they do to make it semi-acceptable and you hit a you know you hit a really good one right down the pipe and you, and you roll into somebody's divot yeah i mean if you're going to tap down spy mark spike marks why can't you drop it out of a divot and no penalty
5: um right
2: now again we're <laughs> We're changing the, you know, play it as it lies rule here. We're changing one of the real traditions in golf, play it as it lies. But but I get it. I mean things are changing. And if you can if you can tap down spike marks, then why can't you take it out of a divot? So I, I don't necessarily agree with I don't disagree with you. Uh, I I disagree with the fact that all these things have been changed. So you either leave it the way it is, and has always been in all cases, including tapping down spike marks, or if you're going to tap down spike marks, the divot's got to be considered, too.
5: What about when we're playing a new course? Maybe you've got a blind drive. It goes over a ridge or something like that. You get out to the fairway, can't find your ball. Didn't know there was OB on the left or the right. Maybe it hit something, rolled out of play. Rule says you got to go back to the tee and re-hit. But we've already got enough pace of play issues on our weekly golf courses. What do you think we should do from there? Do you follow the rule and go all the way back, take the walk of shame?
2: Chris you're pressing you're pressing your luck now you know you just repressing pressing your luck yeah okay. I gave you the I gave you the divot okay I gave you the spike mark and now you want the ball over the hill you know you know somebody's somebody going to take the walk
5: the, of shame all the way down the whole golf course what about stroke and distance
2: so so what about let's go back to my original are we going to play golf today or are we going <laughs> to play country are we going to play country club you you're really pressing the country club envelope here a lot okay <laughs>
1: So it's what I do.
2: Uh, yeah, I know. I know it is. I know it is. It's you and your boys in Myrtle Beach having a couple of cocktails. Right. right? You We're about not, not
5: reaching that thing. Uh, you're
2: no, you're not. Oh. So you're not playing. You're not playing golf. You're playing. You're playing <laughs> boys trip at Myrtle Beach. Okay. So that comes under. <laughs> that comes. That comes loose. Different under category. The club, under the country club category. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Right.
5: All right. So this time of year and, you know, you, you spent a lot of your golf career, early part of your golf career up in the Northeast. This time of year, a lot of leaves. A lot <coughs> of leaves come down.
2: No, here we go again. Here we leaf go. Leaf roll. Leaf roll. Yeah. Yeah, leaf, leaf roll. roll. Country go Yeah, here we go. Country go again. No leaf roll. Yeah. Come oh, on. boy. What, what, what else? What do you want? Do you want some ice cream on a banana? Split <laughs> on the third piece? Or what do you want? You want you know, lemonade stand on seven? You know, what do you Clown's mouth on nine? <laughs> what, what else do you want? I mean, come on. Pop, will you? Is this. Is this what you brought me on for tonight to, to talk about this <laughs> stuff? Come on. Gotta, Come on.
5: Gotta, these, these. Are, these are rules of, of golf, but, you know, every so once in a while not, you got to look at them not, and say, well. They're not,
2: they're, they're not rules of golf. They're, they're rules of country clubs. The like leaf rule, you know, take it out of the divot. hit it over the hill. Stop. This, these are not rules of golf. Don't confuse these with rules of golf. These are rules of Chris. Rules of Chris. <laughs> it's
4: the, I'm should, asking. We should,
2: have, we should have a book, The Rules of Chris. That's what we should have. And And, well, and in your world. It'd be the it'd, it'd be really easy to go out and shoot fifty nine at some point. I mean, you know, <laughs> fifteen feet, it's good. To pick it up, hit another one off every tee. Listen, if I get this two shots off every tee, am I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to win the Open next year. Come on, is that me. right? Oh, absolutely. Put the money on you. Absolutely, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. All
5: right, so let's switch gears. I want to get your thoughts on Tom Kim. He repeats at cool. the Shriners Children's Open. One of the That's youngest players to win that tournament two times. And he is certainly a guy that we talked about this time last year, because the arrow was pointing way up on Tom Kim again, very young player, but he goes out and gets this win two times in a row. Are we going to see a lot more from Tom Kim in 24?
2: I, and correct me if I'm, I'm if I'm wrong, correct me on this, because I don't really remember if it was the you and I had on or off the air, but I was talking to somebody. I think it was you. Last year about Tom Kim and saying this guy is the real deal, and yes, I, I really that was us. Okay, I really think that he is the real deal. I mean, I think this kid is really talented. He is, he is. You know, we know how young he is, and he's he's played some unbelievable golf already. And I wouldn't be surprised one bit if we turned around within the next two years and said Tom Kim is a major champion. It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all. It wouldn't shock me at all. Um and and if he doesn't win a major in the next few years, he's gonna win three to five more golf tournaments in the next two years. He this kid can really play. He you know, he he doesn't really have a weakness. He drives it beautifully. He's a good iron player, he's got a nice short game, he puts the ball reasonably well. He doesn't take himself too seriously. He's uh but you know, he gets in the hunt, man, and he's he's got that look, man. He's got when he gets in the hunt, he's got that look coming down the stretch, like you know, like like the Raymond had or like Jack had or like Arnold had you know anybody who's a who's a great closer? He the kid can close the deal. Um, well, he's for real. He's for real.
4: Yeah, he
5: is the youngest player since Tiger Woods in ninety seven to win three PGA Tour titles. So not bad company for young Tom Kim.
2: No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, and you know, on on international teams, you know, coming up and and playing a a real real role in international competition, you got to keep your eye on him for sure.
5: Tom, you you mentioned Raymond Floyd a moment ago, and he's a player that I don't think enough people in this generation or at this time know enough about Raymond Floyd. You talk about the look in his eye. To me, Raymond was a killer. He yeah. he had, he was a tremendous putter, and when boy when he was locked and loaded, and he had that look in his eye, he was really tough to beat. He doesn't get enough credit as as the great player he was. Tell people about how great Raymond Floyd used to no,
4: be. I
2: think, I think the two people that come to mind that I would categorize the same way you just described, Chris, that are actually both Hall of Famers, but this generation, like you said, doesn't really know enough about them or realize how great they were. And they were very different players, but Raymond Floyd and Billy Casper. Those two players, to me, have been kind of swept under the rug, if you will, in golf history as far as being... Really respected at the level they really should be respected. But you talk about, you talk to any players that played in their generation and played against them, and, and they'll tell you those two were those two were you know incredibly incredibly talented, great players and and great closers. And and you look at their rec- collective records, and it's amazing how many golf tournaments they won and majors, by the way. But Raymond was a guy who Billy was a little a little quieter, a little more laid back, was a little bit more. um I call him user friendly if you will. Raymond was not user friendly. Raymond would get right in your grill and get it locked in. And man, he you you knew you were in a in a in a bar fight with him coming down the stretch. He was not gonna fold. And you had to beat him because he was not gonna beat himself. A hell of a closer, a hell of a competitor, a hell of a short game, as you said. And you you mentioned how good a putter he was, maybe one of the great chippers and pitchers. Uh, inside 50 yards that's ever played the game, not far behind the guy you know I love more than anybody, Seve Ballesteros, you know, kind of in that kind of category with short game.
5: So let's take that a step further because (coughs) Raymond was not only great throughout the early parts of his career, but he is a guy that was great into his 50s. I mean, he played on a Ryder Cup in his 50s. He was competing and nearly winning major championships in his late 40s, early 50s, this guy was great—not just for a short period of time, because he came he on the scene in the 70s, into the 90s, still one of the top players in the world.
2: Yeah, I mean, he a lot of longevity, and you know, and like you said, a kind of a funky golf swing. He really got the club laid off and behind him quite a bit. Um, had his own style and his own way of doing things. But let me, you know, one of those guys who was just an outlier. He 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 hit. It. He didn't miss the center of the club face very often at all. Uh, was a very solid ball striker, probably underrated as a ball striker actually um because of because of the way you, that people viewed his golf swing but uh but part of the ball just be i mean just beautifully i mean absolutely gorgeous uh, you know and you know his his major record speaks for itself he he won his share and he was close a lot of other times um yeah, I can't say enough about him, I and mean, he's just, just a hell of a player hell of a player.
4: Tom,
5: just a couple more before I let you go. And um Podrick Harrington kind of got pulled to the side this past week and uh given some of the old golf clubs, some things from the the late eighteen nineties, early nineteen hundreds, from the hickory shafts to the way the golf balls were made and that sort of thing. And they as we know, uh Padraig has found a kind of a fountain of youth. His swing speed is greater now than it was when he was winning the majors that he did. Went out there with the, with the persimmon wood and, the, and the old, uh, Varden flyer and the, and those sort of golf balls. Instead of hitting it, you know, 200, 220 with a five iron, he's hitting it 160 yeah. yards. I mean, really kind of lets everybody know how the game has evolved and how much the equipment has made a difference. And obviously fitness and that sort of thing plays into it as well. But I, you know, at this time of year, we've talked about this used to be silly season and all that sort of thing. What I'd love to see, Tom is those guys out there with the old clubs. You don't need to go back to the 1890s stuff. I mean, the, the, to use the stuff that you used to use when yeah. you first were in college yeah. and coming out on tour, a persimmon wood, the balada golf ball. I'd love to see those guys all competing with that so you could really kind of compare eras for what it was like back then versus now.
2: It'd be fun. I mean, if you could have a silly season event, you know, and, and they're popular, they're fun things. To have a silly season event, like you said, with with equipment from say from nineteen seventy five to nineteen eighty five. Um I, I we've talked about this off air before, you and I. I still have the driver that I won the eighty one NCAA with Division Two. Um, it's a Tony Pena, Persimmon with a you ready Chris, a gamma fire insert.
4: Ooh.
2: And and the Balata golf ball. I mean I you know, I, I've got some old bladders around the house and, you know, once a year I take that driver out, you know, and I fire that baby up, and hit a couple of blotters on the golf course. It's like hitting a marshmallow. Like, it, it's, like <laughs> it's like hitting a beach ball. I mean, it, and I, and, and, and Chris, you know, the thing amazing, we, I thought we all thought it was, you know, it was un, the most unbelievable equipment in the whole world. Cause it was at the time. It was, it was all we knew. Um, but now that we know something else, we have something to compare it to. It's it's amazing to me that we hit we hit the shots we hit with those clubs and those balls, and that we played the game at the level we played it at with those balls. Um, does that make those players in that generation really far better than we ever ever gave them credit for? I don't think you can really compare generations. Can you compare Joe Lewis with Muhammad Ali? I don't think you can do that. You know, can you? Can you compare Bob Cousy with Magic Johnson? I don't think he can do that. It just—it was just a different time, but, but that—that drive. Look at that drive. I set that driver down on the ground. That Tony Pena. It looks like a pea shooter. It's like, it looks like, <laughs> it like I could, i would whiff it if I. It was the head is so tiny. Yes. It, compared to what we play with now, it's just optically. It's 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 hard to swallow it now that we're. We're so far down the, you know, down the down the road. But it would, it, you're right, Chris. It would be a great event to, you know, put, you know, whatever companies these guys represent, whether it's Titleist or it's Ping or it's Cobra or it's Callaway, you know, go back to, you know, 1975, six or seven, and take those clubs off the shelf and hand those guys a set of clubs from the company they represent currently that was built in that era. And and put those golf balls in their hands and say, Okay, boys, we're gonna play a seventy-two all event. Let's see how good you guys are. And yes. by the way, and, and and have to have to have to be a putter from that era too. Can't be a oh. new Scotty or something like that. It has to be a putter oh, from a bullseye. That whatever. Whatever. <laughs> whatever you want to pick, you got to pick a putter from that era to put with as well. I mean it would be it would that that would be a lot of fun. That would be a great that would be I think it'd be a great a great showcase. It really would.
5: So I want to touch a little more on on a point you just made a moment ago. Club head size. Oh my god! I, I mean, I used to play. I used to have a four wood. Still have it, by the way. Um, and when you, you when you <laughs> when you look at the 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 head of a of a four wood and a five wood from that era, and you oh stick a god. golf ball down oh on the ground. I mean i I loved my four wood back then. It was my favorite club to hit. Now I look but, at it with a golf tell, ball on the ground. And I think, the, how the 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 in truth. the world did I hit it?
2: Tell the truth it's probably still in your bag you don't you're too cheap to buy a new one Tell the truth <laughs> tell the truth tell the truth
5: i it's not exactly accurate, but I kept it
2: can you tell me what can you tell me what kind it is
5: it's a Wilson it was uh dr uh Carry oh my god how cool is that right That's so cool.
2: so I got, I, got I, a I, I, I just do don't right.
5: know I just want you to to describe that the length of the club head compared to the golf
1: ball there isn't much left on either side so
2: it, in the same vein, when Freddie was playing his best, you know, and I mean, was he number one in the world in '92? Am I right about that? Is that, that right? Sounds 90? right
5: because that's when he I won think, the Masters.
2: Yeah, I think that's right. So, he had a a Tommy Armour McGregor six ninety three T persimmon headed driver. Um, I can still remember it, and I I have a Tommy Armour six ninety three T persimmon-headed driver. I used to collect persimmon-headed driver, all the old McGregors. And the and, the, and, the, and that club, by the way, Freddie was using in, in 92, 91, 90. Am I, am I, am I dating myself? Am, am I wrong? <laughs> no, no. I'm going to go back further. When he first came out on tour, I'm wrong. So I'm talking about 80, 81, 82, 83. He had this persimmon-headed McGregor driver and I had, a, I had one that I had collected. He begged me for that driver like he wanted it as a backup. And I said, if, if yours ever cracked, you can have this. But I'm not going to sh- just give it to you now. And I still have it in in the in the garage. And I have a couple of sets of McGregor's that you're describing, where I have the driver, a two wood, and a two wood, a three wood, a four wood, and a five wood. And you could you know you know depending on what what you wanted in your bag, you you, know, you put whatever you had, what you put what you wanted in your bag. Well, like you said, those four woods and five woods. I don't even know how we made contact. Right. I don't know how we made contact. It was like, they're like, they're like little tiny pea shooters. They're like little tiny pea shooters. Like, you know, it's unbelievable. What that, and the, the shots we hit with them were, were, were really quite good. I mean, but it's, it's amazing how far technology has come. And in fairness to, and I'm not knocking the tour player today at all, how easy it is to hit some of these clubs. I have a seven wood in my bag right now, a title of seven wood. It's like cheating. It's like cheating. I it's uh, I know I make certain swings that are not very good swings and I look up and the ball's going towards the hole. It's just I'm like, that ball's not supposed to go towards the hole. I didn't I made mean, that was a bad swing. It's going towards the hole. It's just it's like cheating compared to because if you did that that kind of swing with one of those clubs you're talking about, dude that ball is leaving the golf course. forget. Forget forget it's not finding the fairway. It's leaving the golf course. It's not. (laughs) It's not landing in play. But but we played really quite well with that. That's all we knew.
5: Yeah, I just to to me (laughs) that just harkens back to that time where I just think golf was more of a skill game. It was back then.
2: It was different now. Yeah. And again, I'm not knocking today's tour player, but you can't compare generations. It's hard to do that. You know, it's not really fair. To whoever's getting knocked in that argument, but that being said, like you said, I think you got a great idea there. I think you you, you do a you do an event where you put the set of that equipment in today's players' hands and say, "Here's the ball, too. Here's the putter as well, and we're gonna we're gonna have a little tournament and see see
0: what you can do with this."
5: Yeah, I'd love to see it back on one of the old golf courses, right? Play it from yeah. the same yardage they used to play it from back right. in the mid seventies. Right. Right. Set it all up just the way it was, whether it was a U.S. Open or a PGA or whatever. Right. Same yardage, same setup. Let's let's go see how you guys play with this. If I'm not I'd mistaken, love to watch
2: it. if I'm not mistaken, Chris, I have in my files here, I have a Hogan file, and I think I have a a sheet of Hogan's yardages. And if I'm not mistaken, his three iron was listed as going 180, and that's a that for a tour player today. That's either a six or a seven iron.
4: Ah. You know, so. Right,
5: right, I mean, <laughs> Dustin Johnson's so, probably hitting a nine right, iron that far, or, so now
2: let me ask you this question, and this is this is the opposite of what you're talking about. We brought Ben Hogan out of the grave with his golf swing, and we gave him today's equipment.
4: would, My he, goodness. Be,
2: would he be would he be one of the best players in the world? would he you know
5: oh, for sure,
2: I mean and, and how far would he actually hit it?
5: That's the question. How far for, would he hit it? I mean, look, any of the Great legends. If if you were able to bring them back and put them in in the equipment we have today, they're obviously still going to be great players. Great players are just great players. It doesn't no, I, matter.
2: I mean, would they, would they be would they be would they be the best of the the crème de la crème? Would they be the best of the best? I yeah. I gotta believe it'd be unstoppable. You know, I mean, if they were that skillful with that equipment and you put this stuff in their hands, and again, I'm talking about in their prime, yeah. in their prime. You know how 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 amazing would they have been, right? You know? Yeah, I, I
5: mean that's good. the question, right? I mean, look, you spend a lot of time with Seve. You, you give Seve oh, one God. of these drivers oh, and oh, this God. golf ball and these wedges. <laughs> right. I mean, it it would be ridiculous yeah, how I mean, good he would be and how dominant he would I'm th- be. I'm
2: thinking I'm thinking about guys who were great ball strikers in that day, like Tommy Boltz and Mike Suchak and guys like that who were, you know, really were really long in the day. Jack Nicklaus in his in his in his early youth, you know. Um, How much different would that have been? You know, I mean, it's got to be Tom Weisskopf, I mean, with today's equipment in his prime, I mean, I, it'd be—I'd I, lo- I mean, it'd, it'd be unbelievable, unbelievable.
5: Yeah, I, I I like I say, I'm an advocate for that kind of golf tournament. I think <laughs> that would be a lot of fun to watch, and I think people would get a kick out of watching it. I think we should see how should, they would perform. I
2: think, I think we should get a sponsor and call it the Moscarrow.
5: Cadillac open,
2: you know. You know, I think you should be you should be the spokesperson for
5: that. I and I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's yeah, exactly yeah. what should happen. You
2: ready? And you ready? The final word on that one.
5: Indeed, indeed. Indeed. indeed, that's right. Indeed, indeed. you yeah. Tom. Before I let you go, remind our listeners about the great things you're doing. How can you're on the run, but how can they catch up with you?
2: Well, Chris, I'm going to save this for our next show. I guess in two weeks from now, when you you already know, we can't we can't share it unfortunately yet. I'm gonna have a really, really, really cool announcement. That's, let's just say, for me, it's career changing. Uh, I think it. I think it. Ha- I'm not trying to be dramatic, but I think it really. At 65 years old, it's career changing. Uh, an opportunity has been presented to me. Um, that that I've accepted. Uh, I can't announce it yet because the entity that I'm talking to wants to announce it, announce it first. I will be announcing it this Wednesday. At 5 p.m. on social media and in a, in a web blast. And uh but you'll be the first live interview I'll do on it. So it'll be on our next show. Um it's it's gonna be really cool and I'm excited about it. Um I can say I can tell you this much. I'm gonna have a new home. Um but I have to leave it at that.
4: Wow, but,
2: uh, but I'm excited. Probably probably as excited as I've been since my Westchester days—it's um, a similar opportunity. When I went to Westchester in 1990, it was a building opportunity. It was—it was a situation that was somewhat broken, and I was kind of given a blank canvas and said, "Go paint it." And I'm kind of being given a similar situation right now, at a, at a great, great place. Um, so I want to share it with all your listeners first live, um, and the only way people hear about it before that is will be in an email blast from me, who are my my mailing list and some social media spots, but uh, I'll save that for your show.
4: Well, I certainly
5: look forward to hearing that announcement. I'm sure. Well, I'll be tuned into Tom Patrick golf on, on Instagram to, to get that or on your mailing list. But uh, I appreciate the fact that you're going to share it with our listeners two weeks from tonight. You're the best, my friend.
2: It'd be cool. Um, Chris, it's 10, seven Cowboys. Your team's leading.
1: Oh, stop. Talk
5: down. Talk down.
4: Yeah.
1: No. Stop. And, and,
2: and you're, you're at the Texas Rangers, aren't they? Texas Rangers aren't tonight?
5: They were on earlier tonight and they beat the Astros to go up two games to none. Oh. Well, your your team. My American League team. Go Phillies.
2: Oh now you now you I that's what you're gonna do. See, you
5: go, you're, uh, you're trying to frame me and put me in a in a bad spot. That's not what I said at all. But you know, Clark you're Dennis, trying to no twist Philly, it.
2: Clark Clark Dennis, hope you're listening out there. Hope you're listening. Hope
5: you're listening. I'm
2: gonna start calling you Harry Hypocrite. That's you Oh, gonna
5: stop! Stop yeah. down. No, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. no, yeah, no. Tom, always great to spend time with you, my friend. I look forward to catching up with you and hearing the big announcement two uh, two weeks from tonight. You're the best.
2: No, you're the best, pal. I love you. Hey, and uh, congratulations on all your awards, man. It's unbelievable what you've been doing.
5: Unbelievable. I appreciate you saying that. It's all thanks to great guests like you, though.
2: I'll talk to you soon, pal. All
5: right. Take care, Tom. Bye, buddy. That is the great Tom Patrick, folks. Again, at Tom Patrick Golf on Instagram. TomPatrick.com is the website. And be sure to subscribe to his YouTube channel. Get all those free playing lessons and tips. They don't come better than that guy. I love him so much. He's uh, such a, a wonderful individual. Lucky to have him as a big part of this show. And like I say, the, the show is what it is because a great guest like him and and Debbie O'Connell and all the great folks that have been uh, a huge part of the show over the 10 seasons. So we'll look forward to that big announcement from Tom when he comes back on the show two weeks from tonight. Folks, before I close up shop tonight, you've heard me talk about some great products that I saw at the PGA Merchandise Show. And another one that stood out to me is On Point Golf, game-changing three-dimensional ball markers that science shows will help us see the line better when we're putting and therefore make more putts and lower our scores. See for yourself why Jim Furick and I are big fans by going online to onpointgolf.us. All right, my friends, it is time for me to put a bow on this edition of Next on the Tee. My sincere thanks again to Tom Patry, Debbie O'Connell, Simon Millington, Clark Dennis, and Steve Fluke for joining me this week. Scheduled to join me next week are our good friend and my all-time favorite author, Keith Hirschland, We'll be back. Rumor has it, my character C.T. Mascaro is going to reprise his role in Keith's new book. We started out with Murphy, Murphy in the Case of Serious Crisis. Well, now comes the sequel, Murphy, Murphy in the Case of the Commission on Clichés. You can get your copy out on KeithHirschland.com and on Amazon as well. So looking forward to getting that uh, new book and reading it. Uh, Keith is just fantastic. And getting to spend time with him again next week is always a privilege and an honor following keith is another great friend of the show pga tour legend hal sutton will be back and then the host of grilling at the green jeff tracy our good friend he'll be a part of the show as well and then making his next on the tee debut will be dr robert winters to help us with the mental side of the game so folks it's going to be a great show i hope you'll come back and be a part of it with us as a reminder you can find the show available as a podcast just about anywhere you get your podcast content in particular we're out there on Triblive.com in my hometown of Pittsburgh and the Pittsburgh Tribune Review site. Just go to Triblive.com, then click on sports and then podcasts, and you'll find Next on the T available free for you there. You can also find the show on Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, AudioBoom, and Player.fm. And again, my thanks to the folks over at Good Pods for making this show one of their recommended podcasts. Download their free app and stream your favorite podcast on your favorite device. But as always, most of all, my thanks to all of you for being the greatest supporters in the history of podcasts. I appreciate you all so very much. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.